Okay, you're very welcome to our Top 5 Books podcast. Our latest guest here is someone who will be well known to you. She's the author of Unraveling Oliver, Lying in Wait, and of course her latest book, Skin Deep. Uh, Liz Nugent, you're very welcome to the programme. Thank you. It's lovely to be here. Yeah, great to have you. Um, Listen, just before we get to your your choices, I'm guessing books is something that you started loving at at a pretty young age. Yeah, I think um, possibly, you know, I was one of those sick kids who was in the hospital a lot when I was young. And, you know, before the days of Xboxes and, and screens, which all kids, you know, when mm-hmm. you go into a kid's hospital now, they're all glued to their screens. But in my day, we had books. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and we were glad of them. Yeah, we were really glad of them. And books took you out of your pain and your suffering and, you know, brought you into other worlds and... So, yeah, books were really important to me from a really, really young age. I mean, I remember when I was very small, I shared a room with my sister and she used to go crazy because I'd have the light on all night reading. And, you know, my mum would be coming in, turn that light off. But, uh, yeah, books were my primary interest for a very, very long time. I never went for horses or ponies, you know, the way other little kids do. Yeah, it was always books for me. And are you very much novels or are you very much fiction or are yeah, you to this day? Yeah, only very, very recently have I started reading nonfiction. Like in the last two years. Before that, I don't think I would have read a nonfiction book. But then Ruth Fitzmaurice's extraordinary book, I Found My Tribe, came out. Yeah. And now Julia Kelly's account of her relationship with Charlie Whisker and his dementia. And that's called... Matchstick Man, and that's just out recently, and I think that's an extraordinary, extraordinary book as well. But I'm, I'm just beginning to find real lives more interesting than fictional lives, and it's something my mother always said, you know, that when you get older, you will begin to find biography more interesting than fiction. I think she's right. I just hit 50 and I started reading non-fiction. So maybe she's right. Okay. Well, look, let's get to your top five books. Um, they're all fiction. Um, they're all fiction. But uh, fiction maybe with a, well, certainly fiction with a twist and particularly in the, your first choice, The Book of Evidence uh, by the brilliant John Banville. It's a very well-known book uh, yeah. in this country, not least because it is based on, on the Malcolm MacArthur on murder. On the Malcolm MacArthur yeah. murder. Uh, what is it about? Is it Banville's writing? Is it, is it the story? What is it about this book? I think I first read it when, I, when it was published, I think, in 1991 and it won the Booker Prize that year or it was shortlisted. I'm not even sure whether it won or... I think it did win. And um, then, oh, fast forward until 2002... And I was working on a stage adaptation of it for Kilkenny Arts Festival. I was a stage manager back then. And I got really close to the text. And I just thought this story of this very flawed man told from his point of view of this very damaged but callous and cold man was really interesting. And I can't deny that I took the inspiration for my first book, Unraveling Oliver, from that book. It's an extraordinary, extraordinary novel. Yeah. By the way, it was nominated for uh, the Booker Prize. It won the uh, the Guinness Pete Aviation Award. And should have won uh, the yeah. Booker. Should have yeah. won the Booker. Yeah, yeah. No, no <laughs> it's, it is a is a fantastic book. He's not a, a novelist who who wastes words. Is that something that appeals to you about him? Yes. I'm, I mean, I'm very economical with words as well, and yeah, I really revere his writing. And he also, in almost every book, there are words that I don't know. I mean, I like a writer that sends me to the dictionary every mm. so often, you know, and I remember being sent out by the director of the play to look up the word chiaroscuro because he's describing the painting and the light and shade of the 
object that is stolen in the in the beginning of of the book. But there are always words like that that we are un, unfamiliar with, and I think I don't know whether that whether Banville just does that to mess with our heads a bit because I don't believe I don't know I don't know him. I'm hoping to meet him at the Hinterland Festival in Kells, but I I'm hoping that he doesn't use those words in everyday life. I doubt that he does. I think he You'd just throws them in there. What does it mean, by the way? Chiaroscuro means um, the difference, the play that an artist does with light and shade. Okay. In uh, like Caravaggio's Chiaroscuro would be. Ah, uh, okay. Not the kind of word you 